Thank you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to She's All Over the Place. I am so excited to have you here. And my guest today is going to blow your mind. And for all of my followers and everyone who's been a part of my journey thus far, it's going to be no surprise. This name, Anna Chinakis, my sister, who is amazing, who's a genius, who I always talk about on so many different episodes, like uh, Divine Femininity, uh, Nootropics, The Human Design, um, just anything with health and wellness. When I was on with Yota for Vibrant Health, and we were talking about belly fat and gut health. And it's just like, you know, Anna is such an inspiration to me and uh, we're 13 months apart and she's just magnificent. She's brilliant. I've been able to uh, watch her journey along the way and learn a lot about like family and siblings and choices we make as individuals, as artists. She's taught me so much. I mean, I always talk about Dr. Joe Dispenza on here and she turned me on to Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm like bossing and flossing and like BFFs with like Shaman Dirk and his whole gang. And it's like my sister is the one who turned me on to Ancient Wisdom Podcast. Shaman Dirk's amazing. And I knew about him because of Anna. So I've I've learned so much because of my sister. And so, you know, everyone, this is um, season two and this is the 22nd episode. And so we're at the end of my season right now. And ah, I'm going to be taking a break and uh, we're going to be coming back the first week of April. You heard it right. We're going to be taking, um, you know, a break for a few weeks. And so what I really want to share with you is if you haven't heard all my episodes, definitely scroll back and reach out to me. Uh, ImagineKatie at gmail.com. Let me know who you are, like what what's going on and what you need. And I can lead you to an episode or you can just like scroll and like see whatever calls to you and listen to some episodes like, you know, while we're on the break here, you know, we'll see you back in for the first week of April honoring my sister, Anna Chinakis, the relationship of family divine femininity and um, the things that mean so much to me and my sister, she just means so much to me. And it's just so great to have her on. So Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be here. It's so fun to finally do this. I'm really excited. And thank you for such a generous intro. I mean, you say you hear it all for me, but you're the first person that ever introduced me to words like at the root, you got to cut it at the root and talking about all these blocks. And I had absolutely no idea what you were talking about. And it's really funny how as you dive through and keep, you know, going on your own journey, you end up saying like, oh, 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 and you get it. Because like everybody, we are at those times when I remember you saying those things, because you've always been more of like this feeling person, like a feelings oriented and emotion and inside. Whereas I've always been like, full steam ahead. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And they're not tapping into any of those things because all those things would just like, you know, send me in a direction I didn't want to be in or stop me. And um, it wasn't until I wanted, you know, that I I was full steam fully ahead and I didn't, I was like, okay, now what, where do I go? Like I had exceeded my own trajectory and I had to really restart and just realize that I was, if I was able to accomplish that much in my life at that point, it was 35. I was like, well, I can restart and do it more thoughtfully to who I am now. So that's sort of what started the second journey. And when I'd start to understand some of the things that you were throwing out there and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of circle around. So my brush stroke and my interpretation was you were a really big fan of sex in the city. Like you had the whole like <laughs> box set. 
you you lent it to me to watch it. Um, I remember for a birthday gift, I got you like a signed autograph thing of like yeah, um, your favorite lady, <laughs> the Carrie Bradshaw. So you, oh my you, god, you and your girlfriends, you like repeatedly watched that. You were you guys were doing one liners, like everything Carrie Bradshaw. So your whole vision, one of your visions was, from my perspective, was you going to um, New York City, making it in PR, working at one of the you know top. PR places in the world. And then after that, like there were like fortune 500 companies wanting you to work with them. And you were like bossing and at the top of your game in New York city. And you were there and you're like, now what? You're like, I did full steam ahead. I did it now. what? And then, and then you, and then my perception is you dismantled and then um, you got involved in um, this series where you did a program and then, and then to honor the program, you invited me to attend a yoga retreat with like 18 boss ladies. And we went to Nicaragua and we had this amazing experience for 10 days. And then, and then boom, you're like, like you said, a second phase, you're just like on this whole new journey. So let's circle back around to your, uh, little girl dreams, your little blueprint of, you know, being home in Michigan and then your big dreams of New York city and PR and, 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 and getting to the top of your ego. Let's, let's, let's start there. And that was my interpretation and, and fill in the blank. You actually had, you had a different, you had a similar one even earlier back. You would always say you're so 90210, you and all of your friends, like you, it even went back further than that. But for me, it really started with when we were little, the secret to my success, that movie with Michael J. Fox, that's like a walking on sunshine and he basically they were in the Hamptons they were in New York City and he was basically like this like fake it till you make it kid and I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up I just knew that I wanted to be I just pictured like the briefcase the elevator the big building obviously the Hamptons but just like I didn't know like what the Hamptons exactly were at that point I just wanted to be successful and I you know we did grow up in Detroit and we were kids like in the 80s and for me we had this amazing grit that is definitely lost upon today's generation that our parents worked really, really hard. They never ever told us like anything was like out of our reach or that we couldn't do anything, which I thought was incredible. Like they never said like, Oh, you can't be a doctor or um, no, you can't be this or an artist. They, they were very like, whatever you want to be, but it's all on you. So for me, it was just like, I always had this innate sense that like the only way I'd be able to get anything was on my own merit. So I just like from the beginning really understood that like, it's on me. But what was really nice is that a lot of people that do have things that are given to them, you know, theirs are very restricted to be a lawyer, to become a doctor or whatever, you know, generalization there might be. So I was really like, I felt very solidified. Like I, I got that when, when I was little and I, I was cool with that. So like I had already made like the compromise that like I'm going to work hard and but I can do whatever I want. And I just sort of, you know. Well, also huh? like you were the eldest. So you have this authority of kind of like being the first child of independent and the leader as well. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff when, if you like, you go through like childhood and all that. I mean, we're uh, like you said, 13 months apart. If you go through like all six grandkids, we're all exactly one year apart. And we were all in the same house, like at a grandma's house. We lost our grandfather really early. And my, our grandmother was only like, you know, in her late fifties at that point who spoke only Greek. So we also had this amazing bicultural environment where, you know, we spoke Greek and we had like very different household homes. Like we went from like different grandparents' houses to like even our house in this like, you know, mixture. 
And parents that had to work, you know, they were very young. They were like 19 and 20. They had to work really hard. And I still think about like mom was all of her kids were graduated. And like, I think out of the house at my age right now, I mean, that is insane to me. Like if I had four kids done with high school at 41, I mean, that is just, what a warrior. Like that's just, and, and worked full time. I mean, it blows my mind. We only have even a shred of the grit that like that parents generation has, you know, it's really wild. So yeah, I guess like I didn't actually until my junior year of high school, when I started doing like a split school where I went to this like career development thing where I could actually start to like hone in on like what my strengths were. I met new kids at a different school and developed like you could have much closer relationships and I started really having these close relationships like close friendships and that's I think when you were starting to call me like 90210 or whatever and those friendships became like really 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 important to me and then when I did move to California then the Sex and the City and those friends came up and my Santa Barbara my Santa Monica friends my Santa Barbara friends I was really 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 blessed with great groups of friends and I think that's what it was is just like kind of not having it like being the oldest of all the grandkids and in the house with with that type of mindset, I think that like being able to get to a place where like you can have friendships and you were allowed to like, you know, we also grew up in a strict environment. Like I could do whatever I wanted. I could go and hang out. I think that it like my friendships and circles became really like, they're just those very special to me because I wasn't like, you know, we weren't like, I don't know how you were, but for me, like the responsibilities that we all take on, I didn't really have those types of, you know, connections and stuff until I got older. And so, yeah, that's why they were so important to me, I would say. Yeah. And you definitely had community because if you're taking it back before Sex in the City days, I remember, <laughs> like you said, the 902 and 0 world, it's like you had the same like 18 guy friends and the same like 13 girlfriends because there was more guys than girls. And you would rotate of whose houses you would go to like Friday, Saturday nights, you would just rotate the houses. And that's what your thing was. And like you had you had that community. I had like. Like I was like always an individual and I was like calling up Kat and I was calling up this city. I was calling up that. And I was like, I was like a, a young boss producer, 13, 14 on the phone. Even if you take it back to like, you know, Wildwood before that, I remember like being on the stairs and being on the phone and just t- having long conversations with people. And then mom would be listening on the phone. I'm like, mom, like I would know if mom was on the phone or not. And then in my teenage years, I would be like a producer, like, yo, what's going on here? What's going on here? And then all of a sudden I would start at like seven. It would be like nine, it would get to 10 and then it's 11. It's like, oh, and then like, I didn't make a choice. So now I'm just at home by myself <laughs> because I didn't make yeah. a chase, a choice to go to this party or this party or go there. Right. I was like, I was the wheeler and dealer. Yeah. I was just going to say that was that first step. Like when I went to that, um, that career center and I ended up making all those new friends, which became lifelong friends and uh, many of them anyways. And then that was about like two, two and a half years, three years. And then I had, uh, that's when I developed panic disorder, like after graduation and all of that. And all of a sudden my body chemistry was like doing something crazy. And that I would say that's the first time, like I realized like my body, your body can like turn against you like suddenly without whatever. And that started to deteriorate. And I kind of went into like what you said, where I was very much like a lone ranger and on my own and ended up like, you know, just being a lot more random and not having such close friendships. They were, it was just like such, it's almost like blurry. And then somehow again, like, you know, with your insight, like being able to 
move out and go to California. And then I had resolved those issues by moving. Like it was just like really a product of like environment and just a lot of accumulation. And when I moved to California, I was able to like recultivate that again. It just occurred to me, like as you were kind of going through and describing yours, it's like, oh no, I did have that point too. And I don't ever think about it, but there was that time where I sort of went into that kind of mindset as well. And just being a little bit more like disconnected. And I, I've been actually thinking, like I had some like, not like flashbacks, but thinking about like really random, like where was I at? Like, how did I get there? Like some of these situations that are events that I had gone to and I, cause I was doing stuff very much on my own. And to me, that was very unusual to be doing, especially in Michigan. Like that's just, it was extremely out of character for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I always, when it, when you, when you're saying what you're talking about and I reflect on what you're saying and you know, I, that what comes up for me is Every moment has its season, right? Every moment has its season. So it's like, I've gone through things, you've gone through things, you know? So it's like, I think we all go through different things at different times and we're at different spaces in in our lives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So circling back around. I could probably take you back to just getting back to like how, like what I wanted to be when I grew up. And then we just kind of went on that cute little tangent there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. So I, when I get to California, you know, it's, that's the panic disorder and the friends are back and I'm just like back into like feeling, you know, connected with me and my drive or whatever and end up finally moving at 30 to New York city to begin accomplishing that. Because for me, like that was my big picture and it wasn't, I've never been one of those people. I've had like very, very patient, very, very disciplined, very, very able to like, you know, withstand endure until things are like the correct time. And for me, it finally had become that time. Like I had had enough education and insight and funds and whatnot to be able to bless you, to be able to, you know, pick up and finally get that dream. And it exceeded my wildest expectations. I mean, from the get-go, I got a job in public relations. I mean, I wanted to be in public relations and didn't even know like exactly what that meant. I just knew that that were like that or advertising, like these glossy things that meant like agency and life, you know, brands and lots of people like I knew that that's what I wanted to be and I got really really lucky that I worked for a bicultural agency that had amazing people working for it incredible brands that I could be so proud to represent and the just every bit of it from like start to finish was just like whoa like next level and what you mean with that is like I remember it was uh organic brands they were ethical brands right you there were so many there was lifestyle there was business technology, there was consumer packaged goods. I mean, there were just so many. They were huge brands. I mean, it'd be like Tecate or HBO, like some of those are some of like in the Formula Latin and like the Latin division. I mean, they're just, they were huge brands. I mean, how could you not want to, whether it was, um, I'm trying to like think like Fabian, like the symbols or like Mopi, like the phone, the phone chargers. I don't know. I can't look at this. It feels like no, 10 years. It actually was like 11 years ago at this point now. So I'm like, where were all the brands at that time? Like, of like happy baby drive home and it's like name it I mean and then I worked for like another like fashion one that was just like it, it like blew my mind you'd have like salon in there and blah it was just crazy when you get to like the fashion part of it but 
and like luxury brands and whatever. But going back, it was really like the people. Like I get to, I mean, my friends were like from Colombia and Guatemala and Mexico City. And when I sat with like a group of my friends, I it'd be like the UN. Like nobody would be, you know, white and didn't speak another language, you know. And I I speak Greek fluently. I understand Spanish quite well. And I've uh, I've like self taught a lot of French. And it was just, it stimulated me in the inside. Like it just stimulated me in ways that like I had depth. Like I've always been such a deep person and have rarely had those opportunities to like really utilize it or enjoy it. Like it was always just something very, very private. And it, for those reasons, it was just very, very stimulating. It was more about that than anything else. Like that, like I had succeeded. I had succeeded the like zest and joy and everything that I wanted. But hence the actual environment is what would catch up with me is why I always felt, you know, like whether I I didn't fit in, we could say one reason because people like don't stimulate me in a way that I need them to. So, you know, I just like, eh, whatever, because I've never been like, uh, you know, uh, amused by shallow or nastiness or any of that. Like, it's just not me. And what I would to be in PR, like after like, you know, all of the exciting thrills and all of the perks and everything else. It's like, it doesn't make the, and obviously I, I did it for six years. So for me, the longer you're in it, that nobody ever tells you like office manager at 60 K is like the best gig in town because you can live in New York city, enjoy all the perks and not have a lot of responsibility. But as you begin to elevate more and more and more and more and more, you need to, you know, compromise more of your integrity. You have to make decisions that are just like totally, you know, not aligned with your own moral values. And so every day I, felt like I did as much as I could do to be able to sleep well at night and the more I had to do also just kind of disconnected me from because I would be in I've always been like an operations for you know an operations person I wasn't like writing or getting placements or blah 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 I do events and things like that but it's all the hard stuff like where you have to like get the money you have to you know I, I, I hate to say things like wrap people out, but you do, you have to like, look at the company's vision over like the individual. And like, I understand that. And I respect that fully, but at the same time, just because somebody was coming from another agency, that was a better get like that. Now somebody else's job is like super dispensable or, and then you're just packing up the desk while you're like calling it the office. You have, they have no idea. Like just so many things just really didn't align with me. And there's only so many free pairs of jeans and purses and sunglasses and blah, blah, blah. And when the Kool-Aid's out, it's just out. And for me, like I said, I just really couldn't fit in because it's just, I've been a ladder climber and enjoyed the pursuit of like exceeding my own personal expectations, but I've never been one that's been able to do it um, at the expense of anything else, like especially my own integrity. So I would do what I could do in every single day. So I could be able to sleep, I say, but I mean, really just like, but I didn't like have so much tension, but it was very lonely and very isolating because it wasn't ever like a position where you could get like very, very close. And like, you know, most of the things you were doing were not, you know, could be not cool. I mean, not, not like this was this whole, encom- this wasn't the job all encompassing, but for the most part. So a lot of that was lost because as you, like I said, as you elevate, it's like, what are you supposed to do? Go right back to the start. No, you don't do that either. So I just realized that that wasn't sustainable and there wasn't like going to another agency. I tried that. It was just worse, <laughs> much worse. I like met Satan herself there. Like, wow. 
Um, it was, but it was, I mean, those things are great because they just expose like, okay, this has run its course. Like nothing about it made me feel good anymore. Like I, I felt very, very good. Like, I mean, I, I still look back and it's like, I can barely believe accomplishing that. Like it just, when you have so many boxes picked, it's just, okay. And that's done. So I realized that there was a whole life ahead of me and how, what could I do to be more aligned with like who I am? And I just knew that like when I walked in there, I was just, you know, Pitbull, Prada, you know, just like stomping all over the elements. And I really, by the end of it, you know, I was like, I had been a vegetarian at that point since like 2008. I, I walked everywhere in New York. I, I don't know what it was. It was like three miles, something per day. So it's like just say 15 miles just a week, just in walking to work every day through any of the elements, just like uh, all your walk upstairs and everything else. I just, I wasn't the same person that came in there either. Like I, I had only become like more holistic in the ways of like juicing and health and everything else. So I started to go back to the drawing board and like figure out like how can I merge my lifestyle to be in more alignment with my career. And so that, you know, they say, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Well, with that sort of mentality, just that like it wouldn't be like work. It would just be getting really good at life and really being immersed in life. And I guess because we're all a little narcissistic in that way. I mean, you are, it's like my experience. And that has always been a mantra of mine. Well, since through this journey, it's just, this is my experience, make it epic. And that's been a driving force. So I did that. I strategically got out of the job, took a BS job, just like, you know, as like an office manager or something, like a tech startup and began to accumulate a whole bunch of, you know, 200 hour teacher training, doing like healing, um, taking a bunch of the Katona that you mentioned, um, retreats or workshops and then even those in California working in Chinese medicine for over a year um, on and on and on just a whole bunch of stuff just like adding to it just still trying to navigate because there is that strive for authenticity especially when you leave an inauthentic position to be authentic and I wouldn't go to see me as an acupuncturist before like you know the doctor that I worked for I'm like she's the best our uh, yoga teacher like a lot of times that seemed like I didn't first of all go into yoga teacher training to like, you know, shout a sequence over Beyonce to a bunch of people like me in New York. Like that wasn't why I was doing it. I just really knew that it would scratch the surface and it did. It, it just kept, it kept, everything has kept a trajectory and, you know, it's a long road to sort of get to a place where you're like, oh, okay, I, how can I differentiate and offer something that other people can't? And I think that a lot of it comes down to just like really staying connected to your own values and who it is, like what your character makeup is and not trying to be the elements that don't resonate with you that other teachers may be teaching you. Like to, like, you know, don't talk so much to lose your energy. It's like, yeah, okay, I understand why that, why that is, that it like drains, you know, your vital energy and life force. But it's also like your essence, if you're me. It's also like your ability to retain information and to articulate it well. That is a part of my value, my gift. So when that's still down by these teachers, when we're trying in that pursuit of authenticity and what it is that you can offer can really trip you up. I mean, I didn't, I wouldn't say that it really tripped me up, but it definitely kept me like, you know, in situations that were uncomfortable just as uncomfortable, maybe even worse 
than being in a job like in New York because that's all legally personal, you know? And and that's like when Socrates says, know thyself. So when you know yourself so much, when teachers and people like that say something, then if you know yourself so w- well, those things won't matter. But circling back around to what you were saying earlier with, um, you know, you weren't taught certain things in school. They didn't teach you certain things about what was going to happen with your venture in New York City and, and being involved in PR. Like those things you didn't know. So you had to go through those things and experience them. And like you said, you became very isolated and disconnected. And you're such a deep, censored feeling person and so connected to your heart and feeling and community of like being involved and connected to all different cultures because you're cultured and your upbringing and the whole 902 and 0 worlds of like all your friends and your community, you became isolated and that was like you're disconnected and then you're, you know, HR hiring and firing people. Like you said, they don't know that they're, they're they don't have a job. And then you're such a visionary, you're feeling because you're, I know you're an empath and you have such a big heart that you're feeling like these people are going to go through this downward spiral of like losing their job and lose and then it's a domino effect one thing leads to another so you know by experiencing these things that you didn't know about you're getting more aligned to being who you are and discovering what you want to be for you know the next chapters in your life of jumping into yoga holistic healing wellness and kind of the state of authenticity of where you are now so it's like going through what you went through was a journey leading you to a space where not only are you able to make yourself strong within and without but then you're able to do it for your clients and being a ripple effect for your friends and your family and you know and for your business and for the near future for you know the longevity of your journey while you're here you know honoring yourself and able to honor others authentically yeah all of that it's so layered like everything is you know it's it kind of like some of those things like you said like even the community some of these things like end up sort of like feeling your momentum like or like it both we might talk about like dopamine or like whatever because it feels like it's been depleted in some way so when you're not a dancer that's now a choreographer that's now called a yoga teacher um now that there's not amazing yoga teachers because there are like there are incredible ones that I get like I said that's another reason why I couldn't just do it it's just because like I would rather go to my teacher I would rather go to that or I'd rather just go to Bikram so that this person doesn't sequence me into a, a fall or a sprain you know I'm not that was like learning a whole new thing I'm like I don't know how to put this stuff together like I know how to get you in it right or what the breathing is or like what the overall intention of like what's going to happen for your physiology and your biology from this but not this so it just everything felt even more intimidating and like not what you're trying to do. I'm like, this isn't about that, you know? And the same thing, like I said, with Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic and blah, blah, blah. They're all just more information. They're all just more information to just collect. And the sooner that you get to, I mean, some people are very, very good, just like NPR. They can just go into it. They can just like be the salesperson of like, I'm the best at this. I've done this training, so I can do this. And it's like, yeah, I need to. Tons and tons of training. I could do this, but I just can't do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just cannot. I just physically, I couldn't get over myself in many, many ways. I think there's just a lot to be said about that if you pay attention to like your internal dialogue. So I just kept on the pursuit. And then as soon as, you know, you're not doing so many things to like, learn what this is or what it could be or like you're continuing to scratch the surface I think that like life will take its own trajectory and let it happen for you so for me it all is accumulation and that was like the epitome of you know 
beauty and like perfect health and this, this and that. And I go and I, um, I go home and I help and I have this like whole health situation that happens to me by coming in contact with whatever, but I had only lived on both coasts and at since 2004 and it's like 2007, 2017 to 2017 at that point. And I had never, you know, I've had control over all my days, all my emotions. Like, um, if I felt a little dizzy, I was like, oh, my body needs protein. Had a spoonful of peanut butter, this or that, go get a sun, get a ginger fireball, whatever it would be. All of a sudden, ever, all the elements had changed on me. Like the actual energy, the, the people, the concerns, the nonsense, the air, the water, the food, the, the oil is vegetable and not olive. Like every single thing changed. And I was teetering health-wise and unaware of it because, like I said, I felt uh, dizzy. I'd go get a spoonful of peanut butter. I lived in La Jolla on the beach. Like I went on 70 hikes or whatever in just one year. It's like you, there's nothing that would, that appeared not on blood work, not in anything that like anything was wrong. But in those specific conditions that are under my control, like of my daily life, but if you put me into the Midwest and now winter come in contact with mold or something, plus all those other variables that I'm just saying. I wasn't, I all of a sudden, like something just happened. I wasn't like, it started with a skin thing and it was just like, and then I couldn't heal. And I was like, what the heck? I'm, I'm not healing. And luckily, like I had language and connection with like who, you know, I'm hyper aware. So like if my heart beats different, like I, I'm aware of that, which is a double-edged sword type of thing. Definitely can make you a little neurotic, but um, there was definitely something going on and I was not getting the answers that I needed um, when I would go to doctors. And it took me a long time to even go. But then by the time, you know, my hippie, she wasn't working. I was like, okay, you know, here we are at my first dermatologist appointment at like 37 years old. Anyways, they ended up uh, just destroying me. I mean, all of a sudden I couldn't even, my skin was like turning purple. I couldn't even like recognize myself and like nothing, whatever was originally happening wasn't even hardly as much happening, but so much was worse. I hadn't taken an antibiotic since 2008 when I became a vegetarian until that point. So that had been over a decade, not because I'm against them because I never need them. Like I said, I just really was, I just a very, very health, healthy, just fine. You know, there's just not been stuff wrong. Nothing's been wrong. So my whole body chemistry just ended up changing. And then I kind of was like a yo-yo for about four months and with all these different doctors and blah, blah, blah. And then finally I was just like, I came to my own senses. I'm like, all right, if it doesn't matter what it is that's doing this, like to my body, if it's bacteria, if it's a fungus, if it's mold, blah, blah, blah. I was trying to find like, what is the exact culprit so I could fix it? I'm like, if I'm not strong enough, I'm not going to be able to be anything. So I uh, ditched, you know, everything. And I started going back to my roots. And as soon as you do that, as soon as you like take your own control back of your own circumstances or whatever, you immediately start to like feel that, you know, power within yourself and stuff working. Like, you know, you're now it's like you, it's like back to how you should be like do or die. And not to say that doctors don't have a great place in medicine. They absolutely do. And especially because I, you know, love to go, go and get constant blood work or whatever, but for getting it, but they can minimize and things have changed so much. There's so many more options out there. It's like they don't have all that information. And at the end of the day, if everybody's situation is different, whatever's going on with their own health and what symptoms they're experiencing. For me, I have such a value of my life experience. Like it means everything to me. I thoroughly enjoy it. And for me, it was like do or die because I was like, I'm not going to be like, this is not all over here. And that's the way I felt because I mean, I felt so far removed from like, 
me or how I could even get back to like, you know, who I was when I got there. So I put myself back in the driver's seat and then um, I started just like, like, you know, I did a lot of stuff too that like didn't, didn't help. Like I started off by doing a lot of things that didn't actually help me. I, one of them was like going on a great fast for, I, it was over two weeks, like strictly eating grapes that like cleanse out anything and blah, blah, blah with the kidneys. I did a lot of things that I was because I, I was stuck on it must be mold and going on like a stringent mold diet where I only had like parsnips and carrots and radish and like it, it, stuff that's out of this world. So I have two questions. One, how many um, doctors did you go to before finding out the actual cause and symptom of what your uh, thing was? They never, they never ever gave me those answers. So no one, so no one gave you answers to what you actually went through? No, I actually took it into my own hands and I did a Viome test. And that was what started me with Viome was that I was just like, they'll give you a list of all the microbes. Plus they can give me all the foods to get into my thing. So that was like my, one of my first like uh, moves and resolving this on my own. But it took like two months. It took a long time like to get my thing and then to read my sample and whatever. So there was a lot of mitigating in that time where I think great fast and whatnot happened. How many doctors did you go to total uh, over the span of how long? Yeah, that's the thing. I'll get my like heart rate going. That's what's really, really upsetting. So there must be something built into um, doctor's protocols that has them after a third visit to refer you to another doctor. So every doctor that I saw knew exactly what the problem was without getting back like a blood test without getting back a skin graft without getting back anything they could give me creams antibiotics whatever diagnose come for your follow-up visit and you know things had usually just changed in a different direction or didn't work or I had to come back sooner and there'd be a different diagnosis and then when you came back the third time if it's not resolved they refer you to someone else so three doctor three three visits per doctor one derm two derm three dermatologists in Michigan. I saw my general medicine doctor 12 times from July, but he could, he could handle a lot. He could handle a lot. Like he did a lot of elevated tests. I saw an infectious disease doctor once. Um, and I saw a gastroenterologist and that's when I got back from really good, but I was already kind of taking things into my own hands at that point. When I saw that doctor, the gastro was after, so I saw the infectious disease doctor January 9th of 2018. And I, that's when I officially ended everything with all doctors and the way that they were yo-yoing me. I was getting information well before then, like coming out of like my, I don't know, like Stockholm, like, you know, just like the being captivated by these, them, and that's the only solution. But honestly, when I went in May 20, May 2018, I guess it was May 2018. Yeah. I had done everything I could do. Like I had never been sick. I had never anything wrong. I was like, you know, there was something like, you know, some, who knows, maybe it was like MRSA, maybe it was mold. I don't know. But basically these like weird little patches would just like, just kept like showing up and then they'd get bigger. And I mean, I honestly, we didn't even have acne. I've been really blessed, you know, up until a few of these things and I didn't know how to deal with them. So, you know, I'd be like putting a bunch of shit on them, trying to get it off, you know, like a lot of alcohol, peroxide, tea tree, this, that, trying to if it, there was a nodule, I'd be trying to like not compress it and get it out. Like, cause I just didn't know. I just like really was, I mean, it's a good ignorance, I guess, but I, I just didn't know. And I certainly didn't improve things in the beginning. I mean, if I probably went all the way back, if I would have just put on this one cream at the start and calm my stress. And, but these are things you'd have to know, like that that was an 
a factor. I mean, I knew that I had moved like birds and bird mites and, you know, like dust and had touched things that like from basement with my, my bare hands. I mean, I just moved from La Jolla where I'd walk down to the beach in my bare feet for my house. Like, and I didn't live right on the beach. I had to walk down a street, you know, one little street, but still I would go out with bare feet. Like, yeah, I went there. I love that. I love that location. That was beautiful. Yeah, was so wow. So good. I, yeah. So is that what turned you on to Dr. Joe Dispenza and um, these neuroscientists? around that time or were you hip to them before you know that stuff started happening in Michigan I definitely started learning about Dr. Joe Dispenza I mean it maybe was earlier than 2017 with all of this like when when, when did we go to Mexico was that 2017 I think I don't know it was 2017 if I came back to California in May of 2019 or so like June 2019 anyways I definitely was doing a lot of Joe Dispenza for a year to get through it, but I don't think that that's like when I started with him or any of them, like Shaman Dirk or anything else. Like that was just sort of like before leaving. There were so many people I was learning from at that time, like so many people I was learning from. I mean, literally, God bless like health podcasts. I mean, like I said, I got a lot of um, not good advice because at first you start with what you're mostly aligned with. And so I was still a vegetarian and I, I was getting, I was trying to beat something really, really big with a really weak system that had only been weakened with the use of antibiotics and all of that. And then, like I said, eating just like mold diets of like carrots and parsnips or whatever, and then a great fast and doing all this stuff. And then finally, when I, I found out that I was anemic, had uh, so, so things that I had developed after seeing the gastroenterologist and still in Michigan preparing to leave. So I had developed anemia. I had developed like iron deficiency anemia. I had developed um, SIBO. <sighs> what else had happened? I can't believe it. It's nice to not remember all of your problems. <laughs> but I definitely, I, I definitely had a series of issues that were all perpetuated by the really, really mis- like how I was mishandled. I mean, I was now doing things like paying out of pocket to like see like a $500 Ayurvedic doctor and take all these herbs and follow these protocols. I was seeing like a chiropractor and an acupuncturist. I was doing all of these things, even in Michigan and then learning as I went. But as I continued to learn more, because, you know, like it'll send you to like a, a new doctor or a new thing that you know, get absorbed the algorithm. I started to really understand that like, it doesn't matter what it is. What matters is that I am weak and deficient and I needed to become much stronger. And I wasn't going to get there on this basically vegan lifestyle. I mean, I didn't even let myself use adrenaline and, you know, like get air revved up forever because I didn't want to like activate cortisol. I didn't want to. I remember you saying that Deplete my immune system. So many things were just like too far. So saving grace, I get that biome report. There's no, they lift microbes into like, I mean, they can lift viruses. They can lift a lot of different things. There wasn't anything. And I literally did like the control F looks for all of like the big game people, like all H. pylori or anything else that might be in there. Um, and I had also had the cyber test and did have cyber. So I knew of whatever, whatever. I was able to see like, oh, well, my gut lining health says this. This says this, this says that. So I knew, I knew some things that were trigger, triggering my system, 
But I also had a relief that all of these things that these doctors were saying, like even like the new functional medicine doctors that I was like learning and doing all these great tests and doing all this other stuff. I realized I'm like, my gut lining is fine. These inflammation markers are good. I have microbial, I don't have that much microbial diversity, okay, but I have this. Like for the most part, my scores looked pretty great. And I was like, okay, this isn't as I messed up. So I just worked on like building and strengthening it. And I I wish you could see what I look like then compared to to now. I mean, I'm just it's crazy. But a lot is a lot has changed. I continued on my journey because I learned so much with um, you know, improving like even what information who I was receiving it. From and what direction it was, then moved. I became a not a vegetarian, like no longer vegetarian nor vegan. Having I'm very big on you know carnivore, and I eat beef, ground beef with liver and heart. Um, I have such an I get upset when I think about the way I understand like elimination diets or this and this and that, but the liver can you know repair itself in one hour, right? We are resilient beings. If we deplete ourselves of these nutrients, I mean, some of these things I think because I was so depleted didn't make so much sense. And now that I'm so replenished, my blood tests are higher than they were well before any of this even happened. I haven't ever been as healthy than even before, like well before. I just want to say that um, a couple things. One, that's great to hear and that's wonderful to hear. Uh, I also want to say that, um, you know, I just want to take a, a minute and acknowledge you and say thank you so much because you showed up here and you're vulnerable and you're sharing your experiences and your stories. And, uh, you know, um, I don't even know a percent of what you know and what you've been through. And um, I just know, you know, the system is really difficult and just even make an appointment. Like I remember when I was trying to see a psychiatrist and just to get a therapist, it was so hard to get on the train track. And it's so difficult just to set up an appointment just to get in and then, and this and this and that. So everything you went through is just so brave of you and you know you cut through a lot of stuff and by showing up and being you and who you are and going through it you know and and coming out strong and healthy and and like you said there's alternative medicines and there's alternative ways so like people can connect with you and you're a huge asset because you've been through so much of it and you can you know save people hack people from going down the journey you did and 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 really supporting and helping people for health you know like through alternative ways and and you are you are that and you live for the community and you live for the people. So just thank you so much for being here and sharing. And, you know, before we dive even deeper into more things, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you. And I, you're my sister and I, I'm grateful for you. And I just, I know how important it is. And so thank you. I greatly appreciate that. And that's the thing is that so many people go through all of this at various levels or maybe not even at a level that's recognizable, but it is like slowly affecting their health and longevity. And anything that I can offer people in the way of like, hey, that result is important or asked to be tested for this. Just sort of looking at these things in a different lens and being able to like, we don't ever need to be like, I'm afraid to get my blood work or feel lost. Like there's no help because there is so much help out there. There's so much and there's so many people out there that are are able to unpack it really easily because we live in this age of overwhelm. And that is the biggest thing is everything to me was so overwhelming. So many doctors, so many options, so many this. And it's like, just give me five good options. I don't want one meal a day, keto fasting, this intermittent fasting, this, this, and that. Like give me five collective good options for people just to start getting better. And that's not what you see. It's like, you have to go down this road, so many roads, 
that might end you end you up in a place where you're even more deficient and in the worst place or like developing cultivating ideas and that you're just unaligned with you or what's going on with you it's not the same for everyone we have our microbiome we have our dna we have all our environmental factors and what our lifestyle is like it's not a one-size-fits-all and people need to just be able to know that, hey, the best approach, number one, get sugar out of your diet. Get enough sleep. Rise with the sun and go down with the sun. Like follow those light mechanisms. Stop going against our own biology. Eat, make sure you have, you know, your proteins and fats so you're strong enough to fight off anything that might be in your body. Like you need to be properly nourished. Instead of worrying about what's wrong with you, strengthen yourself. If I could say anything, it's just like Stop worrying about what's wrong with you. Like there's nothing wrong with you. Most people have access to be able to listen to anything like this. I mean, no matter what, we all have circumstances. We all go through stuff, whether it's health or life or anything. But at the end of the day, you have to acknowledge where you are. And I know that our problems feel like so overwhelming and life you know, altering. And it's not about comparing it to like someone in a worse situation or, you know, a poorer country. It's not about that. Like we all feel it to our own degree and our own consciousness, but we just need to stop and look around and realize exactly where we are. It's very hard to feel like bad for longer than the moment that I acknowledge that like where my mind is at and not realize that like I'm in Beverly Hills right now. Like I just can't. And you have to just remember like just that, how powerful you are within, like how many resources are available to you. Go to sleep. Stop thinking about it. Stop the incessant thinking. Get outside. Just hit it again tomorrow. If you're like, you know, facey and out of it and brain bugs up, absorbing so much information, you're overwhelming yourself. And just focus on becoming like strengthening yourself, not like figuring out what's wrong with you. That's just going to make you keep regurgitating that problem over and over and over. Like, you know, they say with the fire and wire, it's like, yeah, every time you're just going to like repeating this traumatic thing or this scenario or this or that. And I just even mean like, you know, like my skin, if I was like, just like looking at it or looking at it in the mirror and just like, oh, I'll never have a perfect skin on my stomach again and like oh, we'll never look good this killer body and it's all scarred up like you know it stop it it is absolutely not going to make anything better but it is going to make things much worse because you are now you know setting off cortisol at an appropriate time you know you're just depleting yourself in ways that you're unaware of we just have to stop doing that you just have to like realize that you are a really powerful being and you have the power to like heal yourself whether it's you know you're your mind or your body, you just need to stop allowing so much overwhelm to happen, reconnect with nature, like our nature, just it's really about keeping things simple. And just like understanding that you're capable of enduring, you're capable of being resilient, you're capable of being anything. And if you just stop trying to fix everything, you'll find yourself, you know, where you yeah. are, where you want to be, all every little mantra or cliche you can imagine under the sun come from these types of things. So there's the um the famous saying of where attention flows, energy goes. There it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for all that. Uh, yeah. These words of wisdom. That's so amazing. Um, so let's uh let's deep dive into Viome. You were mentioning so that's when you did your Viome and you did a chart. You know, I'm so grateful because you did your Viome and then you gifted it to me for my birthday and I had my Viome for a full 
year in a box before I would even do the test. I was so psychologically like scared or so psychologically like feared of the resistance. Like it was, just, I couldn't just like do the test to send it in. And I did it a year later. You got it for my birthday a year ago in November. And that's when I did it. <laughs> and then when I got the results, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be seeing my sister. I'll just wait. And like, I would think, oh, I'm going to, I put it on my schedule. Look at the test, look at the results. And I just, I couldn't log on to the Viome site just to look at my results. And like, I was just like hesitant, resistant, hesitant, resistant. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to see my sister. And then I saw my sister and it didn't happen. And I was like, and I'm like, you're like, well, you're like, yeah, you did your biome. And I'm like, yeah. And then you're like, you're like, like, oh, what are the results? I'm like baby footing. I'm like, oh, I was kind of waiting for you to go over them and read them with you. Because I was scared and I was like overwhelmed. Because yeah. I remember a year earlier when I was with you at your beautiful place, you know, you were showing me your biome results. And it was like, it was overwhelming for me. It was like, oh my God, how am I going to read these charts? And it was like super overwhelming. But yeah. you're a specialist. That's what you do it's fun for you. And it, that's what you do. And you did it for me and you do it for your clients. And I think that's awesome. So let's go on your journey of Viome when you first decided and how you found Viome and then you did your Viome. Yeah. Viome is like another thing that I heard on, I heard on a podcast. I don't know if it was sponsored, but maybe one of the podcasters did their Viome and then they went through the results. And then I saw other podcasters that I was following at the time get there to do the results. And when I was taking things into my own hands, I was like, all right, you know, like I really, really hoped and I even like sent them notes. Like I, I, I'm doing this based on the contingency that I'm going to find all the list of all the microbes. And I thought I'd be able to get the answer because that's still where my mindset was. I'll find out what, who's the culprit, what is doing this to my system, what's making this happen so I can fix it before I got to the understanding that it doesn't matter what it is. If I'm not strong enough to beat, I can't beat anything. It doesn't matter what it is. And if you look at most bacteria or fungus or anything else too, you're going to see that they're just about all the same things to beat all of them um but if you don't figure it out you're gonna start to develop like an autoimmune disease which i was able to mitigate not not having and anyhow well like you said oh thank overwhelmed. god there's thank goodness so gracious. much overwhelm again even with that report there's the nutritional supplements there's superfoods foods to enjoy foods to minimize foods to avoid and then like the wipe and then also very technical terms and pathways when they get into like your micro, like what's happening, you know, in your, your results, like your microbiome, it's going to tell you like inflammation levels, digestive levels. And what is microbiome for people who don't know mitigation and microbiome? What does that mean? Well, your microbiome, like there's, so you have like your DNA, but they say like your microbiome could be like even like five pounds. It's the accumulation of all like the bacteria, the fungus, the protoza, like every single thing inside all of these different things that we're talking about, the archaea, all the numbers that all the um, different microbes that come up on your result. And then they're comprised of like all the different areas in the body. So it's like through the whole body is in your tissues and your organs and your interstitial fluids. Like it's literally like on the skin, like what, what is the bacteria, the fungus and that, that lives always on the skin? Like for me, it what's triggered all of this is that I actually became very allergic to the dust mites that like are actually on the skin. And they would go like into the follicles. And then I, because I wasn't having histamine reactions or allergies like a normal person would to probably because I don't have high inflammation with the, you know, the clean, that's the great thing about vegetarian lifestyle, very low inflammation, all that. I wouldn't have any of the symptoms of a person that was allergic to just house dust or the dust, you know, the dandruff pets and whatnot. But I was, I'm like off the charts allergic to all of it and then they would trigger these histamine reactions on my face and then if I had a cut or anything then that would expose it to be able to like you know pick up because we're always around whether it's like you know ringworm athlete's foot all that stuff like jackets like all of this is the same 
thing of a dermatrope. It's a form of like mold fungus yeast and they're like those are all really the same thing. It's just levels worse. Like it's like yeast and fungus and mold like to like becoming super extreme, right? Or like staph, like we have the staphylococcus virus or bacteria uh, is a normal part of our innate immune system. But if you have a cut and you're having like these types of reactions, you could like overpopulate it and that becomes like MRSA, I guess. When your own microbiome is now like producing too much, like there's not like an even distribution of like what's going on in the system, you know, like when you're overpopulating certain colonies or what they call it, like say with MRSA or like having candida, you're be- you develop these little colonies and they go into these like weak areas in the body and they create like these biofilms that are really hard to like eradicate. And then I guess the worst case scenario, I mean, obviously I, I don't know about these things as deep because thank God this has not happened, but I guess those are the things that can actually perpetuate tumors and cancers and things of that nature is by those little colonies. So forming and like growing out of control and disrupting, you know, your entire microbiome. So like MRSA is one of them that's like in the interstitial fluids, like inside of the nose, um, inside the ears. It's really crazy. It's very complex, but I mean, I think that most people look at like microbiome as like every factor, like I'm talking about right now of a person's lifestyle. And it's all unique. Like we all have our own, like there's similarities. We have all these same bacteria and fungus that we all have that are going to be on all of our reports from staph, you know, acetomyces, like different forms of candida and whatever, but what's, how much of all of them, like how much, and then your internal environment, like what's going on, like whether you have like a lot of disrupted, say EMS, like if you keep your Wi-Fi on at night, if you're watching, if your TV's on all night long, if you're not blacking out, so you can get into deep restful sleep. If your house has a ton of dust, if it has mold under the baseboards, like there's different things inside of our actual environment that's going to perpetuate some of these imbalances or create mm-hmm. them. So mm-hmm. on for a me, neurological level, in your nervous system, everywhere. on cellular level, with all your organs, got it. Cool. All right. Thank you for explaining that in depth. Thank you. And then, and then mitigation, what is uh, mitigation? Mitigation? Like with, well, like with your, are we still talking about the biome or mitigation? Just in general. general. So like, what is, what is, um, when we know microbiome, we know brush strokes and microbiome. What's, what's brush strokes and mitigation? If something's wrong with you, like I would do biome or if like you really want to get an idea of what food is really good for you and what's really not good for you for like where you are right now, I recommend biome. Like that's just, and they have, they offer so much more now, but to me, it's an amazing tool. There's so much in it, but like you said, like anything else is very overwhelming. So I can pull a whole bunch from a report and, you know, very easily and see like, Oh, okay. What are the similarities that are happening within this person? Also look through the microbes and see which ones might be like bad actors in there. And then what food, but when they offer so many, like, which ones are really relevant? And I like to just break those things down. Like, what does this say? And what does this mean? Like, so that I can unpack it for someone. And then going through like each one of the supplements that they're like insisting that you need to like regain harmony again in the foods and figure out if it's like achievable through food every day or if it's time to supplement. Cause like supplement is a band-aid is supplemental until you get to, you know, optimal health or at least, you know, in some rhythm again. For me, again, with the microbiome, like, 
I mean, I'd always think it's very, very important to press like the biggest things. I don't even think you need, I think you could literally eat cat food or Big Macs at noon and be in better shape than you do like eating a kale salad after 11 when your entire circadian clocks are like shut down and you should be sleeping. I really think that if you just follow the sun schedule, rise with the sun, go down with the sun, get lots of blue, like when you wake up in the morning, get blue light within like 10 minutes from natural sunlight so that you can start to spike cortisol when that's appropriate time so it can give you like energy and attention for the whole day when you start utilizing the way that we are designed like it's not somebody's theory or opinion like these are this is like hardcore science facts like is they in alignment instead of trying to like figure out ways to mitigate or biohack or i call all that just like supplementing or like fixing like i just the more disconnected you are the more like resistant you are to like uh, make those changes then just stay in the same situation and like stop worrying about it because you're just causing more problems by like worrying about it. It's like if you're going to just, you know, say, hey, I don't like whatever it is, what it is. And I'm just going to like watch the Kardashians and just like get over it. Then do that. Do it fully. But don't like be halfway in it. If, like you really want things to change. Then the first thing is like literally rise and go down with the sun. Eat early, you know, I, I say like intermittent fasting, like a 16-8 window so that you give your body time to do it. Yeah. Circadian rhythm and, and now- well, That's what I'm talking about right now. About light therapy as well. No, but the circadian rhythm is light. Yeah. Not as well. Like it, they are the same thing. The circadian rhythm literally is like following the rhythm of each day because each one of those organs has a clock. But everybody's out at sleep like when the sun goes down everything's winding down yeah you tell me like, don't be on your uh, laptop between 11 and 4 a.m stay off and that's a, well especially and that's like i mean that goes into like neurotransmitter stuff too i mean even just more even refined like a reason why people will be like oh okay i get it right now when it comes to like dopamine rewards or being depleted of dopamine if you have light between like artificial light between 11 p.m. Candlelight is fine. Stuff like that, like, because we had starlight, we had candlelight, we had fires before, you know, we went inside and into this, these environments where we start experiencing all of the issues that are just like common today that didn't exist before. Anyhow, 11 to 4 a.m., 11 p.m. to 4 a.m., you will actually be like, was it reprimanded or you'll actually have penalties for having light in a way of like depleting your dopamine. And it, by not having light during the hours when you're meant to be sleeping you'll actually develop dopamine rewards so you'll have more dopamine and dopamine is like you know it's our it's the pursuit it's that enjoyment it's joy you know it, it's very important to Love. sustaining like happiness yeah i mean it, it, all the neurotransmitters have like very very redeeming qualities i mean acetylcholine is one of the hardest ones to get and like that is like you know great attention and focus and i love that one because of my uh, that's what I, if I don't have that, I'm not me, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when you follow these, when you follow these hours, like your, your, your system's able to work as it's supposed to efficiently without being gunked up with a whole bunch of other stuff when it's not, when it's done, when it's in rest and repair, because that's what sleeping time is for. It's for rest and repair. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's not just rest and repair. I mean, it's also regeneration and like repair and rest, like actually healing some of the events of the day when we do like you know edmr like you know other forms of therapies to try to deal with the stressors in our life well we do that when we sleep mm -hmm. and if you get sleep 
you get into sleep, you'll be able, your body will go ahead and do that for you. Mm-hmm. So there's so much, there's so many benefits, but I get it. I live in this world. Like it's very, very hard. You know, like we, especially now when we, you know, when we, the hours are so crazy or we don't have like standard job hours or whatever, like it's very, very hard, but there are reasons for it. So you just have to learn to see the benefits. So I always say just like small steps. I always just encourage people. I'll give them like five ways to get there for like all these different things as you saw like with your chart and even if they just hit one of them you're hitting it whether it's through a supplement through it's food through it through an exercise through a breath whatever you're hitting that mark me i'm a psychopath and i would do all of them because i want to optimize like that's all i ever want i want to optimize i never just want to be okay like i want to optimize all the time but well let me just share one thing my success story um in a very short time of me not even doing this, you know, for two weeks now, I'm not as bloated. I've been bloated for years. Like I was in Greece a couple summers ago and two different people in two different days asked me how far along I was and I wasn't pregnant. And that's when I did my first intermittent fasting. But um, my body, my my waist, I already feel like it's like straight. It's not bloating. It's not inflamed because I've been on the, um, the supplements. I cut out certain foods and I started taking certain foods that, you know, I wasn't eating that I didn't know that was good for me. Like I was doing Greek salads nonstop, but I didn't know peppers weren't good for me and spinach wasn't good for me. You know, I love arugula, but I was eating a lot of spinach and um, peppers. And even though I love them, those weren't for my diet. And so um, I started putting more things like walnuts and avocados in my system and more olive oils. And that has been really good for my system. Yeah. So thank you. That's amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm excited to hear where you are in another two weeks. You're happy to hear it. I'm happy to hear it. I'm happy to feel it. Like I'm about (laughs) feeling it, you know, it feels good. And elimination is everything. But what I will say is that feeling good See, that's that right there is how you can get somebody to do what they don't think they can do because you need to be able to get that you need to be able to oh I feel good so you just like you want to keep it going and then you can do this next thing these things that seem so overwhelming where it's like if you can't give people easy ways to get there or several ways to get there they're not able to achieve that and that's how people end up giving up but if you can go ahead and actually like something that will literally change it but it could be like for me telling me when to go to freaking sleep and wake up is not the easiest way for me to get somewhere it is not yes you have a much easier way of telling me to eat beef liver all day and blah 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 you know what i mean than you are to tell or go run or go do like you know 80 chin-ups or anything than telling me when to rise and fall because like i said my attention matters to me so much and i don't know when it's going to come some days i'll wake up so sharp at 6 a.m and some days it's like i'll wake up at 9 30 but I can't even like feel not like brain fog till 2 p.m. And of course, if I was consistent, I'm preaching to the choir. Like, of course, I know what I I know what I can do to fix all that. But if my body's not in distress, especially like times like right now with a pandemic, it's like if I go to bed at midnight, like, I mean, it's one hour. It's not like I can't have any like when you give me reasonable hours, not like when the sun goes down at 5 p.m. to like I could definitely not eat after 5 p.m. That is not the problem. They're telling me not to have any light or like any TV. I can turn off my bright lights. I move to like dim light. You know what I mean? I can mitigate those things. So that's what I like to do is I like to help people like mitigate living in a 5G world, like mitigate living in modern times. We are not going to go back to the old. We can't go back. We don't have the freedoms. (laughs) of just like seeing what you know hunter gatherers like we were before we don't even have that freedom with how we get to earn our income let alone anything else you know what i mean if we went like the warrior days and 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 was obtaining and and obtaining food 
people would be sent to jail. You can't, you can't go and hunt your food that way anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. people will be like, yo, this person's nuts. <laughs> yeah. You'd be behind bars. <laughs> right. And exactly. And I mean, that's what I was trying. So that's why I went to Michigan in the first place. Cause I was on my way to Greece. It's like, I really just wanted to like, you know, Greek is the language, first language and in my head. It's the voice I hear in my head. It is anything with my, the philosophy or the lifestyle or anything. It's always just been so aligned with me. And it's also why I always felt so like out of touch and not, you know, not that I was like on American. I just didn't, I just, some people get on and jive and gel easier and some people don't. And I just don't. And I thought, you know, that was like my next step in trying to like really, find my better fit and I, I definitely believe that everything kind of stops and does happen for a reason and that not that that's not going to become it will it, but it definitely was not then and once you start to understand that it's not like everybody in Greece is sitting there talking about Aristotle and Pythagoras every freaking minute either you know what I mean? And can I even have such an elevated discussion in Greek you know you start yeah. to okay take it back and then just kind of like explore other ways to where it's like it's not about writing and philosophy and talking about these theories or whatever but where are we embodying these lifestyles and getting to really cultivate it in your experience even here and like who you are and what you represent and I will tell you really quick we go right back to this but so I don't miss it but that is how I actually would end up finding my way to differentiate and be authentic was when I finally started just be like oh, okay this is where this is and this is where these that norm but mitigating mitigating it even here like here and now in these circumstances of three live and finding that and using that type of mentality and not accepting that like oh it's not here and I just get to enjoy it unless I'm a scholar no you know or unless I have more elevated friends I mean the most elevated people are not sitting there talking about this type of stuff that I you know like that's like in my world in my mind all the time and I love but there are there are because there there would be you know an entire stoic movement there are people that are like professional athletes and maybe seals and people that are into this type of mindset where in all those wisdom traditions that I was like learning and cultivating that are so common out there. I was sitting here learning all these ways to be graceful, to calm my energy, to be peaceful, to do this, to be in a hamster wheel of, you know, like something's wrong with you and fix it and breath work and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh no, because that's me. That's me. That's tough. That's resilient. That's like being honest. That's cutting through the stuff and just getting to, what my innate nature is instead of trying to like adapt to what is out there for people to have this more holistic or offering a service or these blah, 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 because I was never going to do health. It was like, I was going to go back to be a doctor because I'm intelligent and can read results and can decipher or see patterns and navigate certain things. Doesn't mean that like, I, I want to be involved in like the internal cannibalism of, you know, podcasters or fitness gurus or conflicting because that stuff changes. I started off a vegetarian and I can tell you all the reasons to not be a vegetarian and vegan now and to be like, I can't get myself to fully go full carnivore, but like if it was like between the two full carnivore and what's up with plants and toxicity and glyphosate, like understanding deuterium and what that is and why you need it in sleep. But instead, in people, instead of explaining all these details, I can't, we, you can just help yourself and your friends and your family to say, hey, this is why you shouldn't eat these plants and this is why you should do this, blah, 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 to people that want it and not get involved in that, but you know. And then you can use that and like what it is that you offer. And for me, it's like more in the mindset of like fitness and resiliency and a series that we'll talk about on another podcast. Um, Cause hopefully it will be out by then. 
but it's bringing those things that, like I said, for me, it's like, I've, I always like, you know, you want the truth, but it's like, I like want the truth, like the, the beginning. So that means you need to go to your teacher's teacher and trace it all the way back to the beginning. So you're like a Pythagoras, you know, and then figure out like, and then you start to learn and not dulling down my abrasive nature because for me it's like I can see right through everything it's always been a gift it's like if somebody's trying to backpedal or not put something out there like just seeing like you know the age of overwhelm just seeing how people are able to be honest that people don't trust because they literally don't have like any path as our ancestors did to be able to like mitigate this world their innate wisdom they're so out of touch people don't even understand that like in this lifetime how much just changed. REI is like 91 years old. In this lifetime, you know, you're going to the well, you're going to the river, you're going to the bathroom in holes outside the amount that you would gather up the mountain, the metaphorical mountain, and gather the olives and come back down it before the sun goes down. You had to have your foods. You had to go to the, you had to go outside, like your living area was downstairs in a stone place. And you had to go upstairs by stairs outside. Like they didn't even have indoor stairs. We just don't understand how many lifetimes have happened like in a very quick amount of time. I mean, now we can't even get anywhere without maps. I mean, I do, I'll pull out maps to go to CVS across the street to see like, what is, uh, like something dumb, like uh, whether it's like, you know, what is their number or their hours? It's like, it's there. Just go look. Like, let's walk out the front door. Hey, you listen, know what I mean? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Maps and masks you can't go anywhere without maps and masks nowadays exactly yeah i know yeah so uh for example i love that because that's actually like that reminds me of something from the very beginning of this time first thing that came to me like when we didn't know what this was and what was happening and i immediately thought to myself I don't even run. Like, I, I, at least I, I didn't run. I wasn't a runner ever. I said to myself, what can I do? And I'm like, I know that vitamin D, number one. I'm like, number one thing, vitamin D. And I knew we weren't starting to get like purple. You know, we weren't in like UV purple yet, even in California. I'm like, like, I went out every day and I ran at solar noon because I knew that if I kept my immune system up, I kept my mind in order, you know, endorphins, oxytocin, just running, going, being in the sun exactly at that time. And I started running every single day. And my, when I did have COVID, my vitamin D level just from the sun alone at solar noon was at 70 and I felt nothing except for losing my sense of smell. I mean, long COVID, that's a whole different story. But during COVID, like, that was it, just just smell. That was the only reason I knew I had it at all. Mm. Um, and I had a little bit of a skin thing, like, because um, the rosacea was my thing, because I have um, inappropriate, like, histamine responses. So that's, like, the autoimmune that I've, like, navigated is just having um, my body comes in contact with, like, an excess of something or, like, a you know, an unknown, like, a virus or something. It'll turn into, like, rosacea on my mm. face. And that tells, you know, it's not great, but it's also kind of nice because it's gone by morning and it tells you, you just came in contact with something. Well, yeah, and the body is very intelligent. It tells us things if we're willing to listen and and to see it. So the body, you know, the body tells us and we, a lot of times we just ignore it, you know, (laughs) like being in a bad relationship Uh, or something. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's the thing is that I, that is, you're hitting the nail on the head. We are always trying to manipulate and reframe what it is that we know 
We know all the answers already. And every time you try to like repitch this to someone else, you know, so that you can get those better results that you want so that you can blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's not it. Like you, you know the difference and we don't follow roadmaps the same way that like our ancestors did, whether it's like, you know, we were raised Greek Orthodox. It's like, well, maybe we can't get there through those same things. But if we can understand these roadmaps on like how people, they have an exercise for like grief or gratitude or time sick people for when someone passes, whatever it may be. They, we have, there are systems in place, but we don't have them because we'll be like, Oh, I'm Taoist now, or I'm Buddhist, or I'm this, and I'm that. And there's amazing things in each one of these wisdom traditions that are like, oh, yeah, I want to cultivate that into my being. But it doesn't mean that you need to like now align with this, because you're not. Because you would find in that same thing, you'd be like, oh, I don't want to do these eight limbs of yoga. Like, I don't want to have that much discipline. I don't want to follow the yamas and the niyamas. Like, I don't want to follow their commandments either. So when we don't have like a discipline and a practice and like, you know, we say we're evolving when we don't do something anymore. It's like, well, sometimes, and sometimes you're just being lazy. Like, you're just like, I'm being a lazy Buddhist or I'm a lazy Greek Orthodox or I'm a lazy this. I'm just atheist or agnostic. But the thing is, is that not every part of anything is going to align with anything, but that's what all, those were the tools all of our ancestors had to deal with these different situations in life to move them all forward. And where people are so lost today and they experience like they're not getting over stuff is just not being able to, they don't have a tool or a roadmap as such to be able to like forge through, like to process these things like our ancestors did and our recent people, like our grandmother, you know, still here. Thank God for that. She's amazing. I think that it's just for me, not a lot, just don't begin to like align with new ones because then I feel like you're just, you're still in that, you're perpetuating a cycle of not following through. You're perpetuating a cycle of like not really committing, only being in it deep. And that says a lot, you know? So it's just like, oh, I enjoy this. I enjoy this. That resonates with me. And you don't have to like attach it with like a word. Like I love like, like I, like I mentioned like philosophy and like just like more of like a stoic approach where just like, with God and nature and understanding when they were all speaking about the elements and what this means and what that means and not having to go so deep, but just like having values that you can supremely align with. Like for me, like so sleeve and you know, with indifference, it's just like indifference to what is, it's like, what is in your control? What is out of your control? And every time you're faced with the situation, is it in your control or not in your control? If it's not in your control, then you've made your consideration and you just, it's time to like, you know, you just have to let it go. You can't let it continue to like absorb your energy or to do this or to do that because you've done that and it has to be good for you and like for the community and like for the environment around you. Surrendering. It's, it's just, I don't know. I'm not going to be like funny about language. I just, I, I don't think it has the same connotation as surrendering. It's just like indifference is like knowing what's in your control and not of your control. Like that's just, it's, I'm not surrendering that it's not in my control. It's not in my control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not a defeating thing. It's just not in my control. That is out of my control. So when we talk about uncomfortable things with like a friend in a relationship that's toxic or whatever, not in my control. Only things that are in my control, Frank, comes to me. I can empower. I can elevate. I can be as honest as possible when people are constantly not intentionally dishonest with me, but dishonest with me all the time. Like, you know, giving me like these highlights, these best parts and these worst parts of other people, like bring it here. And I can just see like, there's the contradiction and people 
I'm not popular because I exploit that type of stuff, not in a nasty way, but I don't let it work. Like it just, it doesn't work with me. And when you can do that, when you can just like be honest and let people, because when people can just like face the truth instead of like people are afraid to be honest because of like, what will that person think? And then if they're honest with their therapist, they might actually hear that they're crazy, you know, (laughs) or that they have this or that they have that. So they can't even be honest with themselves because then like, that's like, the tiny little fishing wire that's keeping them from not snapping. And that's terrible because the actual liberation from that garbage is to be totally honest, just to be all the way, like whatever. Like I have no shame because I, well, first of all, I don't do shameful acts, but I have no shame over shameful stuff like imposed on me throughout life. Not that there's been much, but still it's because it's not mine. I don't own it. Like it's not mine. Why would I cover it up or give it a better story? It's like, no, but I can still see a bunch of great things about this person. I can still see where they were limited in this capacity or how I'm fine and move on. Because I think it's really important that people just like learn to become, I mean, I don't think it's really important. It's just like, it's absolutely imperative. It's imperative, like that the sooner somebody learns, like just not be authentically them, but just like what's actually happening. Just like let the answer come through, you know the answer. Am I being nuts or am I overreacting? It's like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna stop, stop. You know, don't beat yourself up for it. Just like forgive yourself and just like, I'm, I'm, I'm overreacting. Catch it. Catch that cycle and stop it. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. It's been a very, very empowering conversation with you. And I would definitely love to have you back on the show. You're brilliant and amazing. And I love you so much. And uh, a couple things. Um, people can find you um, on AnnaChinakas.com. I'll have your uh, your links in the show notes below. Um, any other ways people can contact you besides your website, AnnaChinakas.com? Thank you. It's been a fun conversation. It's much like many of our conversations, except for a, a little bit more on what is it like a, a following, like a, a following a theme or a road or doing our best. I definitely think we went off a few times. Many times it's very, I get, we get very stimulated. At least I do. It's really hard to be concise. So yeah, my name, com. There's a whole lot of different services on there. If you are in the LA area, and I can do in-person visits. Otherwise, virtual works great. I am speaking to doing health plans remotely and create these amazing spreadsheets. You can reach out to me and I'd be glad to send you back what some of those might look like because I'll give you an entire like regimen for like health, food, breathing, exercises, everything to do. But mostly focused on circadian home and revamping your house so that you can kind of have your internal um, environment more aligned with nature, even if we are inside, especially like right now with times of quarantine and COVID and a lot more remote work. I'm going to talk about what it is that you can do to mitigate these things inside. I really love that right now. And I have circadian home, but that website is not quite up. And then lifestyle and mindset, definitely my super fun subject and closest to my heart. Very happy to talk to anybody who can reach out to me through there. And hopefully you'll be seeing my series soon on becoming extremely resilient. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all that information because that's what she's all over the place is about. Like it's literally all over. Oh, the that's place. true. So we went on that's an amazing true. journey. And like you said, this is, this is how we talk all the time, you know, except it's just this, this one's being recorded. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like the exact same, except uh, I'm being more patient and listening more. Normally, I just interrupt my sister all the time, which is super annoying (laughs) Uh, to get real with you. That's why I talk so fast. 
It's because everybody does. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people, we just like, well, we have so much to say. We're just like over, oh, just like wanting to get all this information out. So kind of honing it in here and just like wrapping up. Are there, um, you know, the viewers, thank you so much for sticking around and being here and listening to the sisters banter back and forth, the Chinaka sisters. Is there some last words of wisdom you want to leave the viewers or anything else you want to share about the biome or, you know, things like things like that, anything, anything that comes from your heart center that you want to share um, before we uh, see you next time? The biggest thing would just really just to remember how powerful and how resilient you actually are. And every single time that you're beginning to have thought that something can't work or it's not going to improve or anything, just try to redirect that thought. And rather than just redirecting it, you want to really, really learn to direct in a way towards they're not happening again. You're not allowing this to continue, this pattern. Because in life, the most important thing that we have, our most precious commodity is time. But even more than that, it's our attention. Like, how is our attention being used in our time? So if like one word gets you on Twitter and the next and now three hours have gone by, or if like somebody says something to you and now a week has gone by, that's that week of your life. And I think that it's really important to understand that time is our most precious commodity. And after this year, we should all know how valuable that is and be more mindful of how it is that we are spending it. I was at an event um, in Hilton in Highland uh, three years ago at World. It was a World's Conference. Gary V was the keynote and Gary V said, the number one most valuable uh, thing is our attention and more than money, more than anything, it's our attention. Like we said earlier, where attention flows any energy, where attention goes, energy flows. So like, you know, Anna, you're here and you're giving us your your insight, your gift, your time, your journey thus far. And I honor you. And I'm so grateful you're my sister and that you were here to support, you know, my listeners and people in the world to enrich themselves. And, you know, you're here and the listeners are here and I'm here. And it's the number one most valuable thing. Like you said, you know, it's our attention and it's, it's, it just can't compare to money or anything else. It's a, it's, it's so valuable, our attention and, and being here together right now it's just so it's like it's it's a really like a precious thing that should never be taken for granted like you said a week goes by yeah a year goes by three years go by you know or oh my gosh excuse me you know what i mean yeah i do and a way to improve that i will just quickly say is like if you can just reframe those thoughts and try to see in, in a more elevated consciousness so if something bad does happen or like you're being deprived of something if you can try to look at a instead of like pigeon like or zoom at you like look at the, the bigger 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 picture why it's important to the other people and where you are on that hierarchy of importance and kind of just find some solace for your pain in a bigger context and not only will that help you to expand you know it helps you to love and it helps you to like you know whether it's you don't forgive or anything else you're not going to be you'll only be um more expansive from that you're only going to be filled with things that are more positive within from that exercise it's not going to keep you limited to harboring those feelings or even letting yourself like we are all victimized but we're not all victims and these things like bad stuff happens you know you know life is just a series of events and our reactions to them in consciousness 
It makes me think of um, when you say that, it makes me think of, um, and I think you may have turned me on to it. Um, when I've read this book a couple of times, The Four Agreements, it takes me to the first agreement of, you know, not taking things so personally. So it kind of like yeah. you said, instead of making it about you, look at the broader spectrum of things, uh, not taking things so personally. And that book is called The Four Agreements. And I think you turned me on to it. Like, oh, I did. I, I, I'll, I'll send it. I have it out of PDF attachment, even that I send it to people, even in, like in line at a grocery store, because anything could come up with me anywhere. But that is so important. I mean, Don Miguel Ruiz, like it is, it's so important. And that is definitely a part of it. It's also just, I, I mean, we all have specific things that we can call to mind, but it's an elevated consciousness. It makes you more expansive. It makes you, it takes you out of the victim seat and immediately puts you into like love and compassion for like the people that are maybe even hurting you. I just think that it, it's a fast track way to kind of reframe, just reframe, reframe those narratives. If it's not making you feel good, the narrative or that again. You heard it here first, everyone. And contact Anna Chinakis on AnnaChinakis.com. It's the best way to uh, get in contact with her and learn more and be a part of her world. And uh, you're brilliant. And I love you. And thank you so much for being a part of She's All Over the Place. And uh, yeah, that's a wrap for season two, everyone. And uh, we'll have you back in a few weeks for season three. And I really, really look forward to having my sister Anna Chinakis on um, again and uh, in season three. Uh, Yasu, as we would say in the Greek yeah. tradition. Yasas, Yasu. Uh, take good care. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Anna. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out. <laughs>